ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening, downloading, and subscribing to the latest edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I'm 12 Kyle. Check this out. I want to give you a scenario. You walk into your local convenience store and you decide on this particular day that you want to play the lottery. And the jackpot is at $500 million, right? So you fill out the form, hand it over, hand over the cash, and you walk out. And you watch the news later on that evening to get the winning numbers. And lo and behold, you discover that you are the winner. $500 million is coming to you. What are you going to do next? Sit back, relax. We'll drop the theme music and we're going to talk about this. Let's get it. What if you could have over half a billion dollars, but the only catch is everyone would know who you are? Welcome back. As I mentioned at the top, we're going to talk about winning the lottery. Uh, What brought this to my attention was... um, There was a woman a few months back from the time of this recording uh, in New Hampshire who won a jackpot of, I think it was $560 million in the state of New Hampshire. And um, she was the only winner, right? And what made it interesting was, was that she wanted to remain anonymous. Uh, She didn't want anybody to know that she had won. She wanted to keep her anonymity uh, because in her words, she did not, you know, want to basically be a case where everybody could be gunning at her or coming for it, if if you will. Uh, And she just wanted to kind of go about life as she had prior to winning. And she even expressed through her attorneys that she was somewhat, quote unquote, disappointed at the prospect of having to release the fact that she had won uh, the lottery. Uh, now (laughs) that might sound kind of strange because you're thinking to yourself, you know, who would be down about winning $560 million? Um, but yeah, it's that story actually caught my eye because, you know, most people come forward when they win the lottery. Uh, by definition, you almost have to, unless you live in a few States. Um, Right now, at the time of this recording, uh, Delaware, Kansas, Maryland, North Dakota, Ohio, South Carolina, and I think soon to be Georgia are the only states where you can win the lottery and re- remain anonymous. Uh, every place else, you have to you know, come out and uh, you know, let people know that at least that you are the winner. Uh, I don't think you necessarily have to do the press conference thing, but your name and your address would be released um, if you don't live in those states. Uh, so here you had a situation of Jane Doe uh, in New Hampshire. Like I said, she won $560 million. Um, she was going to not only have to release her name, her address, her phone number. Uh, and she 
fought it. She did not want to do that. Uh, she wanted to remain anonymous. So what she did was uh, she took it to court and her lawyers filed grievances uh, with the state and the state lottery commission, you know, given the fact that she wanted to remain not anonymous. And again, it, it kind of came to my attention because I'd never heard anybody, you know, basically you got $560 million waiting on you and you're like, nah, I don't want nobody to know I'm about to get this money. So I'm going to just chill. Um, I can understand it to some degree. Uh, and I'm going to go out on a limb and say most of you who are listening to this podcast don't have $560 million in the bank. <laughs> I'm gonna go, I'm, I'm, I, I think I'm okay in saying that. Most of my listeners don't have $560 million just laying around. Um, with that being said, I actually understand her thought process in uh, why she would want to remain anonymous. Um, with that being said, it's almost impossible to do. Uh, the reason being is, is that we live in an information age and I'm sure if she lives in New Hampshire, um, you know, it's not like she's in some big, you know, metropolis or anything like that. She's in probably a relatively small place, small town, small city, uh, you know, because it's not <laughs> like there's a lot of cities jumping out at, uh, in New Hampshire. Um, but, you know, being anonymous is is. I, it would be difficult to say the least in uh, a place that small. I mean, it would be difficult wherever you would go because people know how much money that you've won. I mean, think about it like this. Most of our favorite athletes, if you ask the average fan, they could tell you exactly how much somebody makes. Um, it's not hard for you to find out how much money LeBron James made. You don't have to look at his W-2s. You know how much his contract was for. Uh, and, you know, fans in general tend to, you know, justify their idiotic behavior, sometimes thinking that their uh, actions, quote unquote, pay the players salaries when they come to games and show out just because a guy makes, you know, two hundred million dollars. You feel like you can just yell at him. No, it don't work like that. But that's another story for another day. Uh, nonetheless, think about it like this. How many millionaires are there out there that you don't know about? Probably a lot. But for the most part, most of us know millionaires. And I don't mean necessarily knowing them on a personal basis. But, you know, if, if I said, well, if actor, you know, I'll, let's let's use uh, Alfonso Ribeiro, uh, who played Carlton on the uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. If you wanted to know how much he was worth. I mean, it's really not hard. Just a click of a button, you could find that out. So we all know billionaires, basically. I guess that's what I'm saying. And how they can be anonymous as far as celebrities, probably not going to happen. But just the average Joe, people like you and I, uh, that's very difficult. So here's what I would do in that scenario that I ran out in the intro. Um, and here's what I would advise you to do. Uh, first and foremost, um, again, if you're not in one of those states that I mentioned, you're going to have to, at the very least, come forward and claim your ticket. <laughs> and in claiming your ticket, the first thing that you have to do is sign the ticket. Uh, you got to sign it. I mean, that's just that goes without saying. Uh, then the second thing I would do is. Before you sign it and actually turn it in, 
do your research, um, find the best uh, estate attorneys, trust attorneys, because you're going to have to put this money in an estate or in several estates and several trusts. I mean, you, you just <laughs> you just don't go to uh, Wells Fargo or Bank of America and say, hey, here's my check for five hundred sixty million dollars. Let me just put it in my in, in one bank account. Um, trust me, as someone who have, makes a living in finance, uh, that ain't the smartest thing to do. And I, I don't think I need to tell you that, but just in case you do hit that $560 million or $500 million for that matter, um, can't do that. <laughs> that would be idiotic. Um, also, financial planners, Paramount, um, find yourself a, a great set of financial planners. I would get more than one. Um, so basically, you have to assemble a financial team, first and foremost, uh, if you hit the lottery. Um, that is paramount because you, you just can't win the lottery and then go to the, 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 the claims office, if you will, and turn in your ticket and just think you're just going to go home and everything just be chill. It don't work like that. Um, so those are the first couple of things you should do. Now, let's go back to the scenario. What would you do in that case? Okay. So once you've done that, how do you still navigate and you got all of this money and you're trying to keep some semblance, semblance of, you know, the life that was prior to you winning this money? Because, um, I don't know about you, but you're, <laughs> for me, if it happened to me, I'm pretty sure I'd have cousins coming out of everywhere asking for money. Um, I think the first thing that you should do, uh, the first thing I would do really uh, is it, it sounds crazy, but I, I'd have to leave like I'd have to leave my house. Um, not that I would be fearful of anybody trying to come in my house, because if somebody tried to come in my house, I got something to protect me and mine. I'll just put it like that. <laughs> so I'm not worried about that. But I will say I, if that happened to me, I think I would have to leave my house. Um, and I wouldn't want to leave my house cause I've been in my house, you know, 15 years now, but I'd have to leave my house and go someplace else, at least for the time being. Um, I don't know. I don't think that I would be one of those people that, you know, has to have security and all of this stuff. I love the schools where my kids go to school. Um, so I wouldn't worry about somebody, you know, trying to harm them or anything like that. I would be cautious, but I, you know, I don't think I'd be any more cautious than I am, in, you know, any other day. Um, but life would change. So what do you do going forward if you become, you know, a lottery winner and you can't be anonymous? You know, it, it, everybody knows that you have the money. You got the bread, you got scratch, Skrilla, whatever you want to call it, Fetty, <laughs> cheese. Uh, you got the money. So what next? Um, I think you probably the next move I would do and I would recommend that you do this as well. Once you have your financial team set up, you know, I think the best thing that you can do is keep your mouth shut. Right. Um, especially if you're in a state where you can remain anonymous, uh, keep your mouth shut. I mean, nobody a secret stays a secret. But once you tell somebody it's no longer a secret anymore. Um, but if you have to come forward, I think you have to assemble yourself and you know, reach out to family and friends and say, hey, this is what's happened. I'm going to be making this move, that move and, and, and so forth and so on. And I think once you do that, once you reach out to family and friends and let them know what's going on, that should <laughs> alleviate some stress. 
Uh, but, you know, if you've got family and friends that, you know, see you as a payday, um, you know, it could create more stress. Uh, I think one of the biggest things that I would advise people to do is learn to use the word no. Um, let me say that again. Learn to use the word no. Learn to use the words hell no. <laughs> Because you're going to need to be able to say that as well and not be offended when people get upset because you said hell no to their request to get money. Uh, I would say set up an amount that you would like to give to family members and friends uh, for, you know, for for financial reasons and judiciary reasons, a uh, few judiciary reasons. I'm sorry. Um you know, you can give gifts without having a huge money and paper trail under 10 grand. I think it's like $9,999, what have you. So as long as under 10 grand, you're okay. Um, let's say that's the amount that you want to give to, I don't know, 20 of your family members and friends. Uh, you know, <laughs> set up a meeting with everybody. Uh, let them know that, hey, here's your check for, for 10 grand, if you will. And, you know, this is a gift from me to you. Don't spend it like you want it because you didn't. <laughs> I think if you're honest with people, they'll understand. But now there's going to be a segment of people that feel like, OK, like, OK, you got five hundred million dollars. Why are you only giving me 10 grand? You you know, I could I could use this or I could use that again. Learn to use the word. No. Um, if you have a family, obviously you want to because here's the thing. You can't like in my case, I have kids. My wife and I have kids. We. I can't take the money with me. Like at some point, hopefully a point long from now, but at some point I'm not going to walk on this earth. So the world did exist before I got here. And surprisingly it's going to exist when I'm not here. <laughs> so obviously I would think that if, you know, if, particularly if you have kids like me, you would want a situation where you would have the money in your family for generations and generations and generations to come. Um, I would be very, very careful, especially initially on what I spent my money on. And anybody knows me knows that I'm frugal, uh, <laughs> borderline cheap. <laughs> but no, I do like to spend on others. I, when I say frugal and cheap, I, I don't really spend money on myself like that. Um, but I think, you know, it's reasonable to, at least for me, uh, buy maybe a couple of cars uh, and when I say cars, I mean like maybe one sports car, a family SUV, and then, you know, something, a, a toy, if you will. Um, <laughs> and that could be whatever it is. And then after that, you know, you, you want to take care of others. I have parents, so I want to take care of them financially and so forth and so on. Um, and whatever your situation is, you know, where you feel like you want to take care of your immediate family, you do that. But you also need to set limits and expectations because, a lot of times people, you know, because they see that number, they don't know that in theory, if you win five hundred million dollars, you're only going to get two fifty. That's, you know, because Uncle Sam is coming off <laughs> off the top rope for the money. So it, it's not going to be what you think it is. Um, and then after that, you have to be able to balance as to what you spend your money on. And I know you, I know what you're thinking, like. Okay, if I still get two hundred fifty million dollars, I can't blow two hundred fifty million dollars. 
Well, yes, you can. <laughs> I mean, you could get on Coke. You could, you know, get a gambling habit. It could be any number of things, bad investments. Um, you know, the money could go. And, and you don't need me to tell you that, you know, there's a long list of people who have been lottery winners who have blown the money that they got. So, you know, it's very possible and very plausible that it could happen. Don't let it happen to you. Um, I think the next thing that you need to do is just really be focused as to what is next. Um, I've heard people say <laughs> that, you know, if they won the lottery, they'd continue to work. I like my job, right? But ain't no way in hell <laughs> that I'm going to keep working. I mean, I went to college I went to South Carolina State University and graduated with a marketing degree. Uh, one of the first things that they taught us in the school of business is, you know, you have to position yourself to better yourself. And so if I hit the lottery, I have ultimately bettered myself. So I don't need to work anymore. I mean, you know, work around the house, maybe. I don't even know if I work around the house. <laughs> um, I, it, who am I kidding? I'm not doing any damn work. So, so, uh, but you know, no knock on those who want to, but understand that, you know, most of us work and we enjoy the check that we get. Um, but when you don't need that check, the motivation actually to work, uh, you know, it's probably not going to be there. So, but you tell me, would you still work? Um, if you had $500 million, you know, uh, a lottery winnings, um, then I think the next thing is, like I said, just setting up for the future. If you have kids, if you're married, if it's something that you would like to do, um, maybe take trips. But after that, you know, ultimately, you still have to be who you are. You can't get lost in the money. You can't get lost in the notoriety or what have you. Um, some people get lost, <laughs> get lost in these newfound relationships that happen once people find out that they become lottery winners. Um, so, you know, your new boo you know, really could be out for your money, you know, so um, you got to be careful for stuff like that. But I think you really have to think long term and think where it is that you want to be. Um, and ultimately, you know, winning the lottery, winning five hundred million dollars is not going to make you happy. Uh, trust me, if you were <laughs> if you weren't happy before you won the money, trust me, the money will make it that much worse. I know of quite a few millionaires who are extremely unhappy. Um, so yeah, I, I think you, you have to have a, a plan in action uh, as to what it is that you want to do for the rest of your life. Because in essence, you would have, you know, set up yourself financially for the rest of your life. Now what? You know, you're 30 years old and you know that you wouldn't have to work another day in your life. You know, how are you going to live? How are you going to spend? Where are you going to live? You know, are you going to stay where you are? Are you going to buy a new house or build a new house? Uh, do you want to travel the world? All of these things you have to think out. And most of us have these daydreams as to how it would be if we if and when we won the lottery. But once that becomes a reality, we have no clue. <laughs> so winning a half a billion dollars, um, it could be the gift and the curse, honestly. Uh, so I think what you have to do is just really, really plan for the future and plan for the now and plan for what it is that you have to do. But there's no way uh, that you think that you could think that your life isn't going to change because ultimately it's going to change. The biggest question is, 
will you change? That's going to do it for me. Thanks for ch- again for checking out the latest edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I'm your boy, 12 Kyle. I'll catch you guys next time. Five G's.